we're going to be in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter number four. And uh, we have been going through uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And uh, we've been primarily focusing in on here about this uh, matter of unity, about what God's word has to say about unity for the church, unity uh, amongst other believers in Christ. And uh, we've already been called to unity is what uh, God's word tells us. And uh, since we have been called to unity, um, the Lord also tells us that we are supposed to uh, be unified on those seven things. Remember, one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one hope, one calling, all those things. Uh, So that's where we find our unity. And then we've been given grace by the Lord, and we've each have been given a gift or gifts. And it is that gift or those gifts that we are supposed to be using within the church uh, to bring about unity uh, within the body of Christ. And today we're going to focus in on here about the things that God has given the church so that it will bring unity within the church and how those gifts that God gave to the church Um, God is going to show us how those uh, gifts are used in connection with your gifts, how they will, how these uh, gifts equip you uh, to do uh, ministry. And today I really want to talk about, here about is maturity in the body, maturity in the body of Christ. Um, My wife and I, we were going through some yearbooks uh, last uh, yesterday, no, it was the day before yesterday, and I found some older yearbooks online because I only had my senior yearbook, and I found some other yearbooks online, and I started looking through those, and as I was looking through them, I saw some pictures of me when I was like a freshman and sophomore and junior that I'd completely forgotten what I used to look like. And obviously, there had been a lot of maturity that had happened from freshman to senior. And I was like, Jane, look, look what I used to look like. And she goes, wow, that's you? Yeah, it was me. Um, so it's interesting you see those things. And I believe that God wants to bring maturity uh, within the body of Christ. And so here in Ephesians 4, we've been looking about this idea of unity. And God is going to show us How am I supposed to bring maturity to the body of Christ? That's the main idea of what I want you to get away with this morning. What am I doing to help mature the body of Christ? You know, I believe one of the most crippling ideas uh, to spread through the church is this idea that there is this group of, of professional Christians, which we call clergy, or ministers, or pastors, or whatever. And it's the idea that those people are the ones that do the ministry, while everybody else just sits back, watches what happens. The problem with that is that is not what the Bible teaches us. It's kind of like when you go to a football game. You know, there's 22 guys that are out on that field, and they're working hard. They're passing the ball. They're kicking the ball. They're grunting. They're sweating. They're the ones that are actually doing the game. But then everybody else is just sitting in the stands going, yay! Well, that's not the way God wants the church to work. 
God wants the way the church to work is that every part is part of the ministry. Everybody is doing something to help mature the body of Christ along. I read a book uh, recently. It was called... uh, not a fan. And the author portrayed many Christians just as fans of Jesus, but not really followers of Jesus. Uh, They kind of watch what Jesus does, and they like what he does, and they like what he's doing, uh, but they're not really followers of Jesus Christ. They're just more of fans of Jesus. And so our text here this morning, Paul is going to give us some sound biblical teaching about the ministry for the local church. And so I want to show you here some things. Look at a couple things that I think will help us understand what maturity in the body looks like and how you can help mature uh, the body of Christ. So let's take a look here. First of all, let's uh, Ephesians chapter number 4. And uh, we're going to be in verse number 11. And look what the scripture teaches us here and tells us here. He says, And he gave the apostles... The prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity, there's that word, the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the first thing I want you to notice here, if we're going to have maturity in the body, number one, you need to let the leaders equip you. If we are going to have maturity in the body of Christ, then you need to have, let the leaders equip you. We see here that the Bible tells us that Jesus, he's talking about these gifts, it says that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the, uh, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, those with leadership gifts, the Bible is teaching us here, they are the ones to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that the body will grow in unity, so that the body will grow in maturity, so that the body of Christ will grow in Christ-likeness. Now, to get Paul's flow of thought here, remember what we looked at last week as uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus was the one that received the gifts and he gave the gifts. He was talking about there in Psalm 68. Um, Paul talks about he ascended on high, that he that ascended was the one that also descended. The resurrected Christ has given us the ability to have these gifts. And so Paul is continuing that thought and he's saying, Part of those gifts that he's given is gifts to the church, and these gifts are leaders that are going to equip you for the work of the ministry. Now, some here see five of these gifts, others only see four by combining pastor and teacher. Um, But really what he's listing here is he's listing these these gifts of of, uh, people that are leaders to help other believers in the work of the ministry. Now, all of these gifts here that he lists, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherd, teacher, all of these are leadership gifts that center around God's word. In other words, these are speaking gifts. These are, these are people that use the word of God and equip people to do the work of ministry. And they all center around God's word. So let's look at each one of these gifts just very briefly. Uh, the Bible here says the Lord gave some apostles. The apostle means sent one. 
Uh, it's used of the 12 apostles appointed by Christ along with the apostle Paul. Now, I don't believe that we have apostles today, and I'll give you uh, some scriptural reasons why for that, um, primarily because the very first thing, that if you were going to be an apostle, you had to have seen the risen, resurrected Christ. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 21 through 22 tells us that. 1 Corinthians 9, 1 tells us that. And also 1 Corinthians 15, 7 through 9. So that was one of the first requirements. If you're going to be an apostle, you have to have seen the resurrected Christ. Secondly, you had to have been personally commissioned, personally commissioned by the resurrected Christ. Mark chapter 3, 13 through 14 tells us that. And also Galatians chapter 2 Verses 7 through 8. Um, and then also that the Lord gave them the ability to perform miracles as an authentication of their apostleship. That's 2 Corinthians 12, 12. I know there's a lot of people that sometimes do, quote unquote, miracles on TV. Uh, they'll also ask you for your money. I wouldn't necessarily say that those people are uh, miracle workers. Um, but the Lord gave them the ability to perform miracles. But then he also gave them authority to establish the church and build it up. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 and also 2 Corinthians 10 8. And then also their inspired and authoritative writings constitute the bulk of the New Testament epistles. That's the reason why we have uh, the epistle of uh, Ephesians as we're looking at. That was written by Paul. Uh, we have First and Second Timothy. We have Titus. We have Philemon. Uh, we have a majority of the New Testament was written by the apostles. And so we find that 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 15 through 16. And so because of their role, their unique qualifications, um, when they died, there were no legitimate successors. Uh, if you talk to uh, people that uh, practice in the uh, Mormon, uh, Mormonism, they believe that the apostle John is still alive today. That's crazy. <laughs> And if you ask them and say, well, if he's still alive today, is he a part of your church? They would say no. Why? Why isn't the Apostle John part of your church? So I believe that the apostles have passed off the scene. Uh, there's no apostles alive uh, today. Secondly, the Bible here says the Lord gave some as prophets. So he gave apostles. He gave prophets. Look what it says here. So the New Testament prophets laid the foundation of the church. That's what we read in Ephesians 2.20. It says, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and of the prophets. Now this term prophet is a little bit more difficult to define. Um, there's some disagreement on this gift if it's still in use today. The New Testament prophets received direct revelation from God which they then in turn gave to the church. Uh, sometimes they predicted the future, but at other times they expounded on revelation that was already given. Now we must be very careful here. What is and should be our sole authority in life? As a Christian, what should be your sole authority in life? The word of God. Uh, sometimes people, I, I kind of give this almost as a... Uh, uh, thing. You ever go to the uh, uh, Chinese buffet and you get the little fortune cookie afterwards? You open the fortune cookie and sometimes a little saying that's in there, it's like, uh, today your life is going to be filled with peace and goodness. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Okay. 
I sometimes think that people will use these types of things as a word from the Lord as kind of like Chinese Christianity prophecy type stuff, okay? Um, I think it's important that we get our authority from the word of God. That is so important. So he says that he gave the church apostles and prophets. So sometimes we have people who claim to be prophets and give us new truth um, or new revelation, but the scripture is sufficient enough for us today. Despite what we feel or think, the scripture is enough for us. Okay, so that's important to understand that. Then we find here, third, the Lord gave some as evangelists. The apostles, prophets gave us the word of God by direct revelation, but the evangelists proclaimed the word as it relates to people's need for salvation. Now, this word evangelist is used in two other New Testament texts as describing someone who has this gift. It's found in Acts chapter 21, verse number 8, and 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 5. Now, however the word is used, okay, 54 times the word evangelist means to proclaim the gospel. 76 times it means to describe good news or the gospel. Now, although all believers, I believe that all believers must proclaim the gospel, in fact, just proclaiming, hey, Jesus died for you, that's good news. That's what the gospel is. Jesus died for you. He was put on a cross. He took your sin debt. He died. He was buried. And he resurrected. That's the gospel. So we find that every believer, I believe, should be proclaiming the gospel. But here, this special gift that was given as an evangelist is one who has this ability, a special gift, to proclaim it in such a way where they're very winsome. They have the ability to, uh, to explain it very well. That would be like the gift of an evangelist. Uh, sometimes we find people that go to foreign cultures or uh, even in their own culture. For example, people like George Whitfield or John Wesley or even a modern one today be like Billy Graham. Okay, These would be people that were like evangelists. Then we find here, fourthly, I believe, combining the two, pastor teachers. Now, as I mentioned here, some of these here have uh, these two distinct gifts, or, or some people see them as pastor and teacher, but I see it just pastor teacher, just as one. Now, we're not going to cover all the reasons why. If you want more information, I'd be happy to give you all that. Um, but all pastors, I believe, should be teachers of the word. Um, but not all teachers, per se, are pastors. The word pastor basically means shepherd. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 2. John chapter 21, verse number 16. Now the words pastor, elder, and overseer, and bishop are all used interchangeably. That means they mean all the same thing. Okay? Now here... I would be considered as your pastor elder. But we have three other elders that are within the church. Does that mean that me as, as Mike, I have more authority because I come up here and I teach the word? No. All other three of our elders here in the church carry the same authority and the same weight even as I do. It's not 
Mike is over here and then here's the other elders. Or it's not, here's the elders and then here's Mike, okay? All the same, okay? Because we're all elders. If me, Jeff, Tom, and Jerry, we all are in that position of elders. So you can all call us pastor. You could all call us, uh, you could even call us uh, overseer. You could call us bishops. It's all the same. You could just call me Mike. That's fine, okay? But that's exactly what the scripture teaches us. They're all used interchangeably here. Uh, Elder points to the fact that church leaders must be mature men of God. Overseer looks at the main task, that of task of managing, leading, Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 7 and verse number 17, or even overseeing the church. Pastor looks at the task from the analogy of a shepherd and his flock. So in that sense, he must feed or teach the flock with God's word. He must guard the flock from wolves and gently care for the flock. So me, Tom, Jerry, and Jeff, we all have those things that that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be teaching. We're supposed to be guarding. We're supposed to be shepherding. We're supposed to be encouraging. That is what we're supposed to be doing. Overseeing, managing, that's what elders are supposed to be doing. Elders are not just people who meet in a room and make decisions, okay? Elders have a spiritual part of the church where we are equipping you for the work of the ministry. So the main point to keep in mind with all these gifts here, and especially with pastor teachers, is that they must be centered on the word of God. You see, there are many pastors that are nice men. They're gifted men. But they do not teach the word. They dumb it down and attempt to make it more palatable as not to offend people. Uh, it's a sad, sad thing that for people to uh, go to a church expecting to hear truth and they're told something different. That shouldn't be. So we must teach the word, preach the word. The primary function of these men is that with these gifts is to equip the saints. And so we will develop that here in just a little bit more point. But here's the point, okay? If we are going to have maturity in the body of Christ, let the spiritual leaders equip you. That means that Yes, even I come up here and I do a majority of the, of the teaching and the preaching. That doesn't mean that what I say is more important than if Jeff comes up here and teaches and preaches. Or if Tom comes up here and teaches and preaches. Or Jerry comes up here and teaches and preaches. They are the God-given authority to this local body of believers to equip you for ministry. So what they say has, has weight to it. If I sit down here and Jeff is up here teaching, what he says is going to equip me to do ministry. I can't just be like, oh yeah, okay, uh, Jeff's another uh, you know, teacher of the word. I'm just going to sit back here and uh, just, that's okay. I, I, really, I already know what Jeff's going to say. I really don't need what he has to say. No, I need it. I need it. I need it desperately. So we all work together uh, in that. So that's the point. Let the leaders equip you through the teaching and the preaching of the word. Let's look at the second thing here. 
Secondly, if we're going to have maturity in the body, use your gifts as you are equipped. Listen to what verse 12 says. So he's given to the church, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now this verse here, verse 12, also goes along with verse number 16 as he says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So this gives us a good understanding about this equipping process. Now the task of those with these leadership gifts is to equip the saints so that the saints will do the work of the ministry to the building up of the body of Christ. Now not to say that the leaders are not engaged in the work of the ministry, but they are not supposed to do all the work of the ministry all by themselves. The leaders are to equip the entire body to work in accordance with the various gifts, the spiritual gifts that you have, that you are using, that you should be using within the church. So every Christian is in the ministry in the sense. I went to four years of Bible college. I worked... uh, uh, nine years at a, at a church as a, an, an assistant pastor. I did ministry. I know ministry. But is, really, is that ministry? Is that, is that what Paul's talking about here? Uh, printing bulletins and folding bulletins and uh, doing youth outings. Is that the ministry? Is that really what this is all about? Every Christian should be in ministry. You don't have to go to Bible college per se in order to be in ministry. What do we mean by this? Well, we need to define our terms when we talk about this, about equipping, about ministry. What what is Paul trying to teach us here about the body of Christ and how the gifts that God gave to the church are to equip you for ministry? What is he talking about? How do I use my gifts in connection with building up of the body of Christ? What does it mean that I'm equipped to do the work of the ministry? Well, the word equip has the idea of making someone adequate or sufficient for something or some purpose. For example, Matthew chapter 4.21 gives us a good view of this. It says that Jesus, as he was going on from there, he saw two other brothers... James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending or equipping their nets, and he called them. So they were equipping, they were mending their nets, they were putting together their nets for a purpose. It was also used to describe restoring a dislocated limb, or setting broken bones in place, or to supplying something that is lacking. 1 Thessalonians 3.10, As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking, equipping you in your faith. So Jesus gives leaders to the church whose job is to repair what's broken and supply what's lacking in believers' lives. 
Each of you is personally gifted by God. Remember that illustration I gave? You got a box, you had some chocolates in there. You have grace, you had a little puzzle piece. You have been gifted by God. But yet, you are still in need of fixing. You are lacking something in your life. And so that lack that is in your life can only be supplied by being equipped through the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. There's a very popular saying that's going on around right now. And the saying is this. I love Jesus, but I hate the church. God has a word for those types of people. He calls them liars. First John teaches us, says, if you say that you love God whom you have not seen, how can you say that you love your, say that you hate your brother or your sister whom you have seen? So the church is needed in your life because God has gifted the church men to be able to equip you to do the work of ministry. And so when we are not within a local church, we are not being equipped, we are missing out, we are lacking something that is important in our Christian faith life. So some people think that the church is not needed in their life. I can be a Christian without being part of a church. But according to the authority of Paul here, that was given by him by the resurrected Jesus Christ, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as he wrote these words, Paul says, you can't. Therefore, God says, you can't. So no one may say, I'm gifted and graced by Christ himself. I have no need of apostolic teaching, no prophetic encouragement or evangelistic training or pastoral nurture or human teachers to help apply the Bible to my life. This text here makes it very abundantly clear that all of you are gifted with the measure of grace, but all of us are lacking in some measure of our faith. And so you need to be equipped by that. And you get equipped through the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. So there needs to be maturity in the body. That's what happens when lo in the local church. The one proves that you are vitally needed by the church. And the other proves that the church is vitally needed by you. So what does this equipping do? Well, it enables the believers to use their spiritual gifts for the work of the ministry. You say, what is that? What is the work of the ministry? Well, from what we know in this text, the work of the ministry is ongoing. It is to last until the end of time. Because look what verse 13 teaches us. It says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith. So it's ongoing. The work of the ministry is continuing, continuing, continuing. So we need spiritual leaders within the church to help equip us for the work of the ministry. But what is this work of the ministry? Well, according to God's word, this ministry is a work of service to the body of believers. Now, I'm not going to read you all the verses here, but you can jot them down if you want to look them up for yourself. But it's found in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10. Acts chapter 6, verse number 4. Acts chapter 11, verse 29, 1 Corinthians 16, 15, 2 Corinthians 9, 12 through 13, 2 Corinthians 11, verse number 8, 
2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 11. Now what Paul is saying here, he says to equip the saints, notice this, for the work of ministry. Isn't it interesting that Paul would actually describe the body of Christ, the church, as needing work? Not just a little work, but a whole lot of work because he says, until we come unto the faith. Look at the person next to you. You know what you see? What do you see? Work. A whole lot of work. <laughs> we have people sitting within this church, no doubt about it, who struggle with pride, who struggle with arrogancy, who struggle with bitterness, who struggle with anger. You need work. Lots and lots of work. And so the equipping process that takes place, we are equipping you to do the work of the ministry. We're, then you are equipped to use your spiritual gifts to work within the body of Christ. Using your spiritual gifts to help and work within the body of Christ. That's why ministry is not scrubbing toilets. Ministry is not cleaning the carpet. This is not the church. This is the church. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Equipping you to do the work of the ministry. So here's a prime example of this. Uh, Don and Mary here. Okay, I love them. They need work. Lots and lots of work. And so do you. Now, if Don is struggling with something and Mary's struggling with something, and they're, if they say, well, let's just go talk to the pastor. He'll get everything straightened out for us. I could help them, but you know what God wants us to do? He wants to use you and you and you and you and you and you and you to help them with whatever they're going through. So if Mary shares something with you and says, you know, man, I've had a really rough week. Let's just say she has a good friend in here and she just shared, I had a really rough week. And just saying, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It could be, how can I help you? How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you? That's the work of the ministry. That's the equipping that takes place. That's what God wants us to understand here about bringing unity within the body of Christ. Using our spiritual gifts to bring unity. So we are supposed to be doing this to the work of the ministry. But Paul's not finished with that because he continues the thought. And he says it's for the work of the ministry... And then he continues and he says this, to do the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. What is this building up of the body of Christ? What is that? What is the building up of the body of Christ? If there's gonna be maturity, if there needs to be work within the ministry, what is the building up of the body? Is that physical? Or is that spiritual? What is that, Paul? Come back next week. I'll tell you what it's going to be about, okay? <laughs>
But let's have a word of prayer. 